What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a bunch of big moves going on with the NBA draft, NBA free agency, and the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Episode 49 coming at you right now. Hey, y'all, and thank you for tuning in once again. I'm Landon Pangburn, along with my brother and co-host Preston Pangburn. We're back after a little two-week break, but we got a lot to talk about with Major League Baseball and NBA big moves happening. So, P, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm kind of on edge right now with all these tweet notifications coming in. I've got them set up for both Woj and Shams. You might have just heard the little <laughs> beep right there. Let's see what this is. Uh, Portis turned down potential deals from the Mavericks and Heat, going back to the Bucks for two years, $9 million. Yeah, after that playoff performance. Two years, nine million for Bobby Portis is not a lot, especially when guys like TJ McConnell are making like thirty-two million dollars. So yeah, and I think that Furkan Korkmaz just got more than that too. So you hate to see it for Portis, but anyway, tons of deals going on right now, and I I realized that like I think of this meaning August as like the dead period of the year in the sports world because it's after basketball but before football. But it feels really busy right now, and it's partially because the Olympics are going on, but like. There's a lot of sports going on. I'm trying not to laugh out loud into the microphone because every single time Quirk Maz took a shot in the playoffs, um, <laughs> Sam Sam sent me a very like inappropriate nickname he had for him. So I just laugh at it every time I hear his name. Are you allowed to say it? I don't remember it. I just remember it. it was really, really <laughs> okay, funny. fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite names in uh, all of sports. And I think we bet on him in one game that the Sixers were playing and he was absolutely horrendous. So I kind of hate him, but he got three years, 15 million. So that's, that's fair. He's doing better than me. Yeah, I think we're gonna be kind of jumping around a lot today because there's not a lot of like, you know, standalone topics to talk about it's a bunch of minor transactions all around both leagues both the major league both major league baseball and the nba so go ahead and start talking about them and we'll we'll kind of pitch in on each one let's do it yeah so before we get uh, into all the detail of free agency let's talk about the nba draft so cade cunningham went number one overall to the detroit pistons it kind of came out probably a month ahead of time that he was going to be the pick you know the day of the draft, everyone starts acting like there might be other options being considered or, you know, will they trade out of it? But he was the guy all along. People are already kind of comparing him to Luka Doncic, which is kind of funny, but he's a six, eight guy who is really good on both ends of the floor. He can shoot mid range and outside, and he can kind of be the commander of the offense and play point guard. So I think that's where the Luka comparisons come from. But what do you think of him? And what did you think of the draft overall? Well, as far as Cade Cunningham, I heard kind of the opposite of you. I had heard, I had heard rumors for like the month leading up to the draft that it could be a few other guys that they kind of like Jalen Green, that maybe one or two other names were floating out there. And then it was like the day of the draft, like probably the morning of the draft that I heard officially, this is going to be the Pistons pick. It went with him. Interesting. Sounds like you need to get better sources. It sounds like you need to get better sources. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so it was it was a win for them. It's the obvious pick. It's the one I got to go with. I think he's the best fit for the way that the NBA is currently played as far as a guy who can score from multiple spots on the floor, who is very switchable on defense, can guard probably anything like you know one through four. I think he's going to be, hopefully for them, a long-term solution. He, he just needs to be 
a guy that becomes their best player. And then they have some other pieces that they can fill in around them. Like Jeremy Grant is actually like a really good number two guy probably on a team. He's just not a number one guy. So if Kate Cunningham over the next two to three years can become a star in the league, I think the Pistons could be onto something. Yeah, they could. I mean, I really like the pick. Where will the Pistons go? Who knows? It's tough when you get to a point where you're not really a free agent destination. You just have to build through the draft. So sometimes you got to strike gold and just pick three good players in a row like the Thunder did back in the day and make something out of it. But another one of my favorite picks in this draft was Evan Mobley going to the Cavs three overall, seven foot one out of USC, really good on both ends of both ends of the floor. He's kind of that stretch four, even stretch five type. I think he's a really good fit alongside Jarrett Allen, who they just re-signed today for five years, a hundred million. So they kind of got a couple twin towers and in the backcourt, they got Sexland. I don't know if you've, uh, yeah, <laughs> you've heard that nickname for Colin. Darius Garland. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Colin Sexton. So they've got something cooking in Cleveland post-LeBron. I like Evan Mobley, and I actually heard a recent Chris Bosh comparison, and I kind of like that. He seems like Chris Bosh was when he was at Georgia Tech as far as kind of a lanky guy, unpolished, but has touch around the basket, and you feel like he could like you know, kind of hone his skill set in and become a Chris Bosh type guy, which would be a great pick at number three. I mean, what a fantastic career. By the way, I haven't heard anything recent about Chris Bosh. I'm assuming he's healthy and doing okay. I reckon. I don't okay. know. I hope so, because that was a sad, abrupt end to his career. But yeah, I think that could be a, a solid young squad up in Cleveland. Absolutely. And then if you don't have anything else to talk about with the draft. Oh, I, I do. You I do. do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to go with a favorite and a least favorite pick in the draft. You can think about yours because I didn't ask you about this beforehand. You know my least favorite, don't you? Uh, yours is going to be Scotty Barnes. Yeah, Scotty I know you Barnes. Hate him. That guy absolutely <laughs> sucks. I didn't watch that much Scotty Barnes basketball, but in the tournament especially, that guy, everyone kept on talking about how good he was and how he was going to be a top, I think they were saying 10 pick at the time. And he doesn't, he just doesn't do anything. I don't get it. He's like a, I don't know how big he is, six, eight point guard, something like that. He's a big dude and they list him as a point guard, but he just doesn't do anything. He doesn't score. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't, he didn't even start for Florida State. He was their sixth man. That guy's a joke. So I'm out on Scotty Barnes. <laughs> My favorite pick, this is maybe a bit of a homer pick. But Davion Mitchell is the freaking man. Yeah, he's he's sick. That guy can just put the ball in the hole, and he just he has got a lot of swag, and he's a winner. Guys who are proven winners, proven scorers in college, somehow tend to get like I wouldn't say tend to get overlooked, but they can get overlooked at times. I don't know why Davion Mitchell Davion Mitchell would fall this far. That guy's going to be a beast. Yeah, I love Davion too. He was incredible down the stretch for Baylor in that national championship season. I think it's really funny because the comparisons I hear for Davion Mitchell are all Donovan Mitchell. And I'm just like, does it have anything to do subliminally with their jerseys, both saying D Mitchell 45 yeah. on them? Maybe a little bit, but he does kind of have that playing style, I guess. And he's he's going to be really good. And then going back to your Scotty Barnes pick, I don't hate it that much just because like the athleticism is there. And these guys, unless they're, you know, at the very top of the draft, like Cade Cunningham, where they're a little bit more polished, they're just drafted off potential these days because they're all so young. Like they've started giving the uh, the decimal point on their ages because they're all like 19.2 or 18.6. Like it's just hard to know how these guys are going to pan out because they're four or five years away from their prime. So I don't know. Do I love the Scotty Barnes pick? Absolutely not. Um, partially because my favorite pick of the draft was the one right after him. Jalen Suggs fell to five to the Orlando. Magic. That's a guy who, in a lot of drafts, you could see him going number one overall. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a really good football player in high school, chose basketball over football, and it's working out now. He made it to the Natty, had an incredible season for Gonzaga, and now goes five overall to the Magic. So the Magic are building a pretty good young core in Orlando, too. I hadn't actually read this until right now. I'm on ESPN 
looking at the strengths and improvement areas of different players and the improvement areas for Scotty Barnes just are hilarious to me. Just everything. Unnatural shooting stroke with unproven results. Mobile for his size, but lacks quickness and burst off the dribble. So he can't shoot and he can't beat you off the dribble. So what the <laughs> heck is this guy going to do? He's just going to stand out there and be big? He'll learn to do both. <laughs> it's just, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty good athlete, obviously. He's a forward. He lacks quickness is what it's saying you right here. You lack quickness. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I absolutely lack quickness. <laughs> I was straight up charge guy. Take charge guy. That's, all, yeah. that's my only asset in high school okay well it remains to be seen how good uh, any of these guys will be you really never know these days but what else do you have on the draft uh kind of big names that stand out Corey kispert just because he was like kind of national player of the year a guy that everyone, everyone knows who he is he was not he's not a great player but he is a piece on a winning team he's a guy who's athletic enough to defend and can knock down three so i think he could end up down the road he's going to be one of those like 15-year NBA guys who's just a solid player for a long time, never spectacular, but always a contributor. And then I know the Hawks, just want to mention the Hawks got Jalen Johnson out of Duke. He's the guy who played, I think, 13 games for Duke and then opted out of the rest of the season, but has some talent and hopefully can add to that young core for the Hawks. I'm with you there. And then one more pick I want to mention, Kai Jones to the Knicks at number 19 overall. He's like a 6'10", super athletic big man. I think that he could turn out to be pretty good. I'm surprised that he fell out of the lottery. But uh, that's that's about all I got for the draft if you want to move on to free agency. Let's do it. Lots of moves in the last couple hours in free agency. So let's start knocking them down. Yeah, so the big two, kind of the, the big names are Kawhi, who opted out of his player option, but he's going to renegotiate a deal to stay home with the Clippers. And then Chris Paul doing the same thing. He opted out of 44. Four million, which given the fact that he's 36 years old, people weren't sure he was going to do that, but he kind of already had a deal in the works signed today for four years, 120 million kind of seems like one of those deals where it's like a handshake, like I'll help you contend for the next couple of years. And then you'll pay me way too much when I'm really old and not good anymore. Yeah. You're kind of taking the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, this is the, the NBA equivalent to Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. It's going to look really, really bad three to four years from now. It might even look bad next year. We don't really know. I mean, it depends Chris Paul, on if he stays healthy because, I mean, he's going to decline, of course, given his age. But if he gets hurt, then it just looks even worse. But whatever. He, he took them from a, a bubble team that barely missed the playoffs to the NBA Finals. So, uh, and of course, you've got to give credit to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton progressing as well. But Chris Paul was a huge difference maker there, and they're rewarding him for it. Yeah, but this is one of those things where if they had won the championship, I get the reward for it. It's like Dirk Nowitzki. But in this situation, they didn't win it. And he's, like you said, 36. He's not going to age well. He's just not the kind of guy. He's already injury prone at his age currently. I think this is going to end up looking like a bad deal down the road. I love Chris Paul. Don't love this for the Suns, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I like it, like I said, at least for another year or two, but remains to be seen. And then I, I can't believe that we forgot to mention this before we got into free agency, but we've got to talk about Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. We do. The first <laughs> ever MVP to get traded in three consecutive off seasons, which is kind of a crazy thing. Like how rarely, I mean, never, that doesn't happen because everyone wants to keep the MVP forever. But yeah, three consecutive off seasons just shows how much of an enigma Russell Westbrook is. Loved by some, hated by others. What do you think about this? I think we had the same reaction to it. Like, on paper, it just doesn't fit. It makes no sense basketball-wise to the, me. The whole point is for LeBron to be able to like kind of chill out a little bit, play off the ball. 
But like if Russell Westbrook is just going to be jacking up shots the way he did when he played with KD and the Thunder, LeBron and AD are just going to get really frustrated. And I just don't see how it works. Like if if LeBron is playing point guard and Russ is off the ball, Russ can't shoot threes. So that doesn't help. Yeah. Like the, the whole story of LeBron's career is like you just have to surround him with shooters. Like, of course, someone like Anthony Davis, who's a top five player in the world, helps to be paired with. But in terms of the fit with Russ or another guard or another wing, they've got to be able to shoot or it just doesn't work. I don't I don't get it at all. I don't know who's going to shoot for their team. And now they like don't have said. money to get anybody else. No, it's a it's a really strange fit. There were rumors going on at the same time that they were kind of pursuing two different trades with the same pieces. One was Russell Westbrook. One was Buddy Heald. And I personally got kind of excited about the Buddy Heald fit. I was like, that that works because he's just a knockdown three-point shooter and a better player than most people think he is because he plays for a terrible team or has for his entire career to this point. And so I got excited about that. And when this Russell Westbrook trade went through, I kind of like let out a little sigh, like this sucks. Like they're just, they're not going to be a contender in my opinion for the championship. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be good, but that just doesn't work to me at all. Yeah, we're on the same page here. The The one thing that I like about it is if it does work, the potential for a Lakers-Nets finals would basically be a soap opera featuring some basketball. Just the yes, LeBron versus Kyrie and the Russell Westbrook versus KD in the finals would just be incredible to see. Just so many storylines on so many levels. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. One, I don't see either team staying healthy. And two, the Lakers, like we said, I just don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, and then we didn't even mention Kawhi's going to be out for a while maybe all of next season if not i mean it, definitely most of it maybe all of next season so the clippers might not even be a thing next year either like who knows i don't know pg-13 he's elite he did better than we expect in playoffs yes I, i'm with you yeah we'll see anything can happen once they get to the playoffs cool all right next biggest name on the list is clearly duncan robinson right yeah five years 90 million dollars with the heat this guy deserves it one of the best three-point shooters in the game y'all know i love duncan if you listen to this podcast for any period of time he made no money his first three years in the nba homeboy's getting paid now happy for you dunk yeah i'm happy for him too his team's been really busy the miami heat also signed and traded for kyle lowry three years 90 million and they're also giving a max extension extension to jimmy butler so the heat are staying busy they're trying to improve get back to the finals like they did in the bubble a couple years ago so the heat making moves pat riley back at it the heat are making moves they need their biggest problem i think last year was they need tyler hero to be bubble tyler hero right he took a big step backwards after that everyone thought he was kind of on this ascent to superstardom do you remember in the bubble the comparison was he's the next devin booker just kind of the way they play one of those comparisons that that's not just because they look the same or they have the same name, um, but they did play similarly for a little bit. Like Tyler Hero in the bubble looked like early Devin Booker, and so I kind of liked that comparison. And then took a big step back this year. If he can kind of revert to what he was two years ago and take that step forward again, then the Heat could be really dangerous with the squad. Yeah, they could. And the East is kind of wide open. I mean. The Bucks clearly are the favorite up there with the Nets, but I don't know. I, I think that the Heat could take a step forward, and others could too. The Hawks have a really good young team. If they start bringing people back, they could contend again. So the East is going to be fun to watch for, for years to come. Speaking of Eastern Conference contenders, have you heard any recent news since your news guy about Ben Simmons? Uh, no, but this is something hilarious that I wanted to bring up from kind of the pre-draft days. I, I pretty much know where this is going, and I'm excited about it already. I absolutely love the trade packages that were rumored, <laughs> or I guess the rumored Sixers asking price for him. We yes. exchanged texts laughing about this. Oh my gosh. It was like two all-stars and four first-round picks, even though his market value is at like a five-year low. 
all-time low. He's horrible at basketball. <laughs> and then it, the rumor that I heard with the Warriors was like James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and what else? Four first-round picks or two first-round picks? Yes, I don't forget what it was. Absolutely it was absurd. Ridiculous. A number one overall pick, of course. Andrew Wiggins is not valued like that anymore, but a former number one, a former number two, and four first rounders, absurd. That's a joke. I get that if there's any good fit, it's the Warriors. It's a team who wants to get back into contention. They've already got guys who can shoot the lights out and score. They just need him to facilitate a little bit and play really good defense, and that's where he excels. I mean, he's an incredible defender, really good rebounder, just an absolute liability late in the game in the playoffs on offense, but yeah, I don't don't know. The Ben Simmons rumors are absurd, so we'll see how they progress, because clearly the six want to get rid of him but they're gonna they've got to cut their asking price in thirds yes i mean would you legitimately would you give up james wiseman alone for ben simmons that's a serious question i would but it's close right you have to think about it for a second like that's that's not that outrageous no i mean given how that team is constructed i would but if you're a team that's like not super close like on the brink no, it's not worth it. He's not a guy you build around. I think he's kind of a, th- a third star. So this brings up a question that I hadn't thought about before. The Warriors, it's not really a question, it's a statement. The Warriors are in a weird spot. Like, Clay Thompson coming off injury issues, so don't know how healthy he is. Draymond and Steph Curry are both getting sneaky old. Like, how about the fact that Steph Curry is older than Derrick Rose? Did you know that? Uh, you did mention that, and that's crazy. Isn't that wild? That does feel weird, and I think I, my response was Derrick Rose feels like he's 40 just because he's had so many injuries. Um, but back to Steph, he did just win a scoring title. Like He did. He's awesome. I'm just saying like their window is, is closing faster than people are talking about. It is, and I saw a rumor today that Steph is getting ready to sign a four-year, $215 million extension. Okay. So one, good for him. Yep. That, that's a fat bag. Um, but yeah, I mean, their their window is closing. It's only a couple more years. And that's why I'm kind of surprised that they kept both of those lottery picks. Mm-hmm. Like you would have expected them to flip them. There were rumors about Bradley Beal. Of course, we just mentioned rumors about Ben Simmons. I'm just surprised that they didn't turn that into something bigger. Agreed. Because for the Warriors, I believe the time is now. Like one or two years and that window might be shut for good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of kind of these big contracts, so I heard that Trey Young is finalizing five years, 170 with the Hawks. Saw that. Happy for him. Yep. He was incredible in his first playoffs this year. Kind of sent the, the Knicks home in five games on their home court. Just was really good throughout the playoffs until they ran into a buzzsaw with the Bucks, who ended up winning the championship. But Trey is a promising young player for the Hawks. And then his counterpart, Luka Doncic, obviously they will be forever compared to each other from that draft. Luka, I guess, is eligible for more since he was first team All-NBA. Correct. So he's going to get 5-2-0-2 as soon as the Olympics are over. It's pretty sick. Well-deserved for both guys. Both guys are awesome. It's cool that Trey Young had such a good playoff run this year and is now not considered just like the little brother of Luka, but also an an all-star and a future superstar in his own right. Love both of those guys. Can't wait for them to kind of carry the torch for the next 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is in the NBA. Yeah, Trey Trey deserves his respect. I mean, he's a guy who can average 30 points and 10 assists. Trey is sick. He's incredible. He's a really good facilitator, and he's just fun to watch. He really is Steph Curry 2.0 in a lot of ways. And the Hawks are dope. There was a little bit of hype around the Hawks coming into this past season as far as people being excited about them in Atlanta. I think this upcoming season 
is going to just kick it up several notches and people are going to be really jacked up about the Hawks. It's going to be really fun to kind of be a fan all of next season. I hope so. Yeah. I mean that uh, year where they got the one seed under coach Buttonholzer, they were really good. I mean, it could be like that again in terms of terms of buzz and the games are really fun to go to at that point. So I hope you're right. I love it. Yeah, so another deal that we need to talk about, and this one is pretty interesting because this guy was rumored to go several places, but Lonzo Ball and a sign and trade to the Chicago Bulls, they've got him now on a four-year, $85 million deal. He's somebody that people made fun of a little bit at the beginning because they thought he might be a little bit of a bust. He had a weird shooting motion, but he came back and had a really good year last year, shot like 40% from three, really fixed his shooting stroke, really good defender, good rebounder, 6'6 point guard. What do you think about him? So I don't think I've publicly stated that I repent on Lonzo Ball. Like I, I didn't like him as an early career player because of his dad mainly, and I thought he sucked. And I just it makes me still makes me want to throw up when I watch him shoot, honestly. <laughs> but but he's actually really good. I know last year there were some articles that I read like the advanced metrics. He was one of the top. I forget, 15-ish players in the NBA. If you look at all the all the offensive and defensive combined advanced metrics, he shot, what was it, 8.3 threes a game last year, which is a ton. That's a really high volume. And despite that high volume, shot 38%, which is really darn good. And he's, I mean, like you said, he's really good size for a point guard, uh, does well in the defensive end, good rebounder, good assist man, makes plays. He doesn't, like, the ball doesn't stick when he gets it. He moves it really quickly. Like, it's the kind of guy you want on your team. So I think it's a great addition for the Bulls. I agree. We're in the same boat there. And I felt bad for him coming into the league because I also didn't like him, but it was because his dad was just such a douchebag, yeah. like in public all over the place with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless on TV talking about how he'd beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. It's like, dude, you, you can't do this to your kid, man. No. But but Lonzo, I mean, he just signed an $85 million deal. And what is he, 23 years old? He's 23. One stat that I didn't mention that I need to mention. So these are his four years in the NBA, his free throw percentage. Because remember, broken shooting motion, horrible three-point shooter, and horrible free throw shooter early in his career. But these are his four years free throw shooting. 45% as a rookie, 41% second year, 56% third year, 78% this past year. Wow. I, Massive I improvement. I don't know if I remember him being a sub 50% free throw shooter. That's he was terrible. terrible. He was terrible. But yeah, big, big improvement. Up to so 78%. That's fantastic. So he has vastly improved. Yes. Former number two pick. Now $85 million deal at 23 years old. I mean, of course, the ideal scenario for him coming into the league is he would be citing a max right now, but Mm -hmm. he could be on his way. Good for him. Yeah, take that all day. Yeah, so the biggest free agent name that I think is kind of still floating out there is DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. and he's a guy that just confuses the hell out of me. I don't I don't get him. He apparently has mutual interest with the Lakers, Knicks, and Bulls. He's a guy who scores 22 points a game, but he's like a perfect fit for any team in 1995. Yes. He's a 26% three-point shooter. So I think the Lakers, especially after the Russell Westbrook trade, are a ridiculously bad fit for multiple reasons because they don't have the cap room at all. And they just would have the worst three-point shooting team of all time. The Bulls could maybe be interesting, I guess, if you put them in a starting lineup with Zach Levine Levine, and Lonzo Ball, who can apparently now shoot threes. But I don't know. What do you think about DeMar? Where's he going? You and I are on the same page on this one. He's just not he's just not the guy you want today. He's an analytics nightmare, like you said. We talked about him in the context of being on the Spurs a few years ago when everybody in the league 
it was this massive rise in three-point shooting. And the Spurs were still stuck in the old school with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan taking a whole bunch of 18 and 20 footers all game and making them at a decent percentage. But it's just not the way that you score 120 points and win in today's NBA. If I'm a winning team, I don't see how you can sign DeMar DeRozan for any amount of money or any period of time. He's just, he's a good player, but doesn't fit in today's basketball. So I don't want him if he's my team. Yeah, it's very strange because you said he's an analytics nightmare, but I feel like among players and coaches in the league, he's like widely regarded as good, isn't he? Like he's a four-time all-star. He'll score you 20 points a game. He shoots 50% from the field. Just 26% from three is not going to work. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm missing. As a two guard, you have to have some, some floor spacing and he just doesn't provide it. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. I mean, that's the reason that no, none of his teams have ever won, right? Like the year that the Raptors got rid of him and got Kawhi is when they won. Yeah, we were watching a Spurs game earlier this year and the refs, like, or not the refs, the announcers during the game were just consistently commenting on how bad the Spurs offense was because they just said they take a lot of tough twos is what they called it. And that that is a product of having DeMar DeRozan kind game. of run your offense. That's what yeah. he does. He just will like fade away on like a 20 footer it's like dude this this isn't it anymore yeah, it's like 18 foot baseline jays right all, it's You're, like that's not you can't do that yeah you shoot threes to space the floor and then once the floor is spaced you go inside drive to the lane get fouled like fade away 20 footers just don't work last three years three point shooting 25 percent 25 percent 15 percent 15 15.6 percent three point shooting tomorrow please no in 20 the more i say it the less i like it yeah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go yep yeah, there, there's a rap lyric that says, uh, I'm just like DeRozan when I shoot it, it goes in. That he is. should have added 26% of the time. Highly afterwards. inaccurate. Right. Who says that? Uh, Kyle. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> you don't even know who that is, do you? No, I've never heard of Kyle. Yeah, his name's just Kyle. That's it. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> All right, please move on. Give it a Google. <laughs> when I shoot it, it goes in. <laughs> Can you please just go ahead and mention the next one? No, I'm just going to keep keep All watching right, you. Moving on here. to Major League Baseball, <laughs> let's talk about the trade deadline. So the big winner of the trade deadline was the Dodgers. Kind of stole the show at the end there. It was the big rumor that Max Scherzer was about to sign with the Padres, who were kind of breathing down their neck in the uh, NL West. And then all of a sudden, the Dodgers were trading for not only Max Scherzer, but also Trey Turner, who's one of the best young shortstops in all of baseball. Have no idea how the Dodgers keep increasing their payroll. It's just insane. What do you think of that trade? Unlimited funds. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, they are now beyond the evil empire, New York Yankees, right? Where they can just spend limitless amounts of money to get whoever they want. But I understand from their point of view where they're coming from. First of all, we do need to mention that they gave up their number one and number two prospects in their farm system. So Major League Baseball is always weird because with trades, it's really like an eight-year deal where you don't know who won the trade until a long way down the road. So the Nationals might have come out on top of this, but as far as wanting to contend this year, huge move for the, for the Dodgers. One, Trevor Bauer is out for a while and who knows how long he could be out for. Not going to get too much into that situation, but he might be done for the year. And so with Clayton Kershaw, a chronic injury risk at this stage in his career, currently on the IL. Max Scherzer is a huge addition to that staff. They really desperately needed him. And then some of their bats just aren't producing. First of all, Mookie's kind of hurt a little bit. Cody Bellinger has had just an epic collapse of a career over the past three years. You know what he's hitting this year, batting average? I haven't seen, but I know he hasn't been good. I think he's 163. He's hitting 163? He's hitting 163. Wolf. I believe. I'm I'm pretty confident on that. It's, it's bad. Yikes. Yeah. So he was 
like whatever MVP status two years ago. Absolutely insane. So they not only needed another arm in the rotation, they desperately needed another bat. Trey Turner's a really, really good player, ton of speed, some pop in this bat too. So big move for the Dodgers. I hate them and I want the Giants to win the division, but the Dodgers are, as always, completely loaded. They are, and I did take a future on the Dodgers to win the World Series at the beginning of the season. So once they lost Bauer and just weren't playing all that well, I was like, that's looking like a bad bet. But now I'm kind of back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously don't want them to win, but, you know, money's money. But anyway, during that your spiel, you mentioned uh, how they have overtaken the evil empire Yankees. And I think it's funny because the Dodgers are currently hateable, right? Because they're coming off yes. the World Series. They might win it again. They've got this huge payroll like the Yankees do. But the Yankees have gone from hateable evil empire to kind of laughable. Like, the Red Sox come out of nowhere this year and surprise, and they're in first place, or at least fighting for it with the Rays. A lot better than people expected them to be with Mookie gone, Chris Sale out for almost the whole year. And then the Yankees just have this reaction at the trade deadline, like we can't let the Red Sox do this. So they go out and give up a bunch of prospects to get not just Joey Gallo, but also Anthony Rizzo, two big power hitters from the left side that can hit towards the short porch. But they're like seven and a half games back in the division. Seven right now, yeah. Like three or four games back of the wild card. Like they're still going to miss the playoffs. Do you are you predicting right now they're going to miss the playoffs? Oh yeah, I'm predicting to make the playoffs. See, one of the big wild cards here is: Have you seen how bad Garrett Cole's been since they outlawed the sticky stuff? I haven't, but that sounds awesome. Can you give me any numbers, or do you have anything like statistically? Yeah. So in six starts since they outlawed the stuff, he only has two quality starts. And granted, they were both absolute gems. But like he's also got one game where he went three and one third, gave up four runs. His last start against the Rays gave up seven runs over five and one third. So he's still striking a lot of guys out, but just hasn't been nearly as good he was as he was during the first half of the season. So if he can't get back on track, the Yankees are in trouble. All right. Well, we can bet dinner over the Yankees making the playoffs. You get on that? Yeah, I guess I still owe you from the Nets-Bucks bet, which is tragic. That was such BS. It wasn't. Yes, it was. Kyrie and James Harden always get hurt. It's a fact of life. Whatever. That wasn't even part of your calculus. It was. It was. Okay. It's been well established. Back to the MLB trade deadline. Another big one. The Mets got Javi Baez, which is really interesting because they had Francisco Lindor go out for a while. He might potentially be out for the season with his injury, so... Backfilling him with another stud shortstop. We'll see kind of how it works once they have both of them back. But in the short term, at least for this season, good for the Mets. Is it? Bad for the Braves. Is it? Why? Is Javi Baez a stud in your opinion? He's pretty good. He's yeah. a bum. No. Javi Baez is a bum. No. What's Javi Baez hitting this year? I don't know. 270? 245. What's his OVP this year? A million? 288. Oh, dude, that's fine. He's just having it is a down not year. Fine. He's okay. a former MVP. Okay, he's having a down year. Okay, last year, what was his batting average? Dude, come Two, on. 203 with an OVP of 238. Javi oh. Baez is not good. Do his MVP year. He didn't win MVP. He came in second. He did. He had a great year that year, but that was, he three, medaled. That was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm out on Javi Baez. He's, he's not as good as people think he is. He okay, can't, well, he, as a Braves fan, this makes me feel good. Yeah, he can't hit. He can't walk. He's not that good of a player. He can't walk? <laughs> Sorry. He doesn't he doesn't get it get bases on balls. Okay, gotcha. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. He strikes out too much. So this is absolutely absurd. In twenty twenty one, I'm just seeing this right now. This is mind blowing. Javi Baez in twenty twenty one has one hundred and thirty three strikeouts 
in 15 walks. That's very hard to do. Like that if, is if a, bad. If a pitcher has those numbers, that's like easily Cy Young, like historical stuff. Last year, shortened season, but last year, 75 strikeouts, seven walks. So he is just not patient. He swings everything and apparently doesn't hit very many of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Out well, on Javi Baez. So go don't Braves. Care, don't care about that at all. Go Braves. All right. Well, what else you got from the trade deadline? It was very busy. It was one of the best trade deadlines ever. It was a huge trade deadline. Um, one that I think is going to be highly consequential down the road is the White Sox picking up Craig Kimbrell, who, by the way, is having a fantastic season and is going to be a future Hall of Famer. So just shoring up their bullpen for a team that's locked and loaded in that division, going to make the playoffs. Huge to have someone like that in the yeah. stretch run. Him and Liam Hendricks closing yeah. out games. I don't know how they're going to do that. Who gets the eighth? Who gets the ninth? Because they both pitch right-handed, so it's not going to be like a righty-lefty thing. It's got to be Kimbrel, right? Dude, Hendricks has been insane, He has too. been insane. He has and like, been insane. And like, can you ruffle the feathers of the guy who's been that good? He that's, was already there. That's a really good question. I'll be interested to see how that, how that shakes out, but like you said, regardless, having two amazing arms in the bullpen is going to be huge. Yeah, they're they're fun, and they just got Eloy Jimenez back. They're about to get Luis Robert back. I mean, they're loaded. Lance Lynn has been Cy Young worthy. They're good. That's a really good team. That's going to be probably the team that I root for to win the whole thing in the playoffs, right? They're the most likable team if the Braves aren't in it. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And then we've got to mention the Giants, too, because they were an underdog, and they just traded for Chris Bryant. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, all three of those guys we mentioned from the Cubs, Rizzo, Baez, and Chris Bryant, kind of the core of that World Series team. Crazy to see all of them gone. And they all hit home runs in their first game with their new team. Yeah, which is sick. Chris Bryant is having a better season. He was down the last couple of years after winning Rookie of the Year his first year and then winning MVP his second year. Had a couple of bad years, but he was an all-star this year and is off to a really good start. Um, he can be a good player again. And Anthony Rizzo is not just like a megastar, but he's like a consistent, you know, whatever he is, like 340, 50 OBP guy with... 20, yeah, he's a good on-base guy. He yeah. can hit lead off. Yeah, with like 25 to 30 bombs. Like So not massive power, but 25 or 30 bombs and 100 RBIs in a full season. Like he's very consistent like that. So that's a good player. Yeah, that lineup is loaded and they're absolutely huge. They, yes, they would win a fight against any Major League Baseball team in history. Yeah, Joey Gallo is like 6'5", 240. Adding him to Stanton and Judge is ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah, That's, they're going to need a lot of couch base to watch the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anything else you got for baseball? I do not think so. All right, let's move on to the NFL. The big news from today is that Carson Wentz, after they said that he was going to try and fend off surgery and just let it heal and rest, he will now be having foot surgery. He's out five to 12 weeks. So Frank Reich is coming out and doing the whole like obligatory thing. Jacob Eason's the guy. There's a lot of speculation that they might be looking for some behind-the-scenes trades. And, of course, Nick Foles' name came up. What do you think about this situation? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, given what I do for a living, is that a 5- to 12-week time frame is pretty weird as far as when it's a professional quarterback who's getting paid as much money as Carson Wentz is getting paid— there are really high level doctors on there. Like, do they know what surgery they performed or what his injury is? Like five to 12 weeks is a very wide time frame. Normally it would be like five to six or like 10 to 12. Yes, you're right. But since it's Carson Wentz and he's made of glass, I think that what happened here is they were like, it's a five to seven week timeline. But since it's Wentz, let's add them together. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Deal. Like five to seven. Oh, no, let's go five to 12. Just add them. Crystal clear. Yeah. I'm good to go now. <laughs> and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this because you're a physical therapist. I heard that the surgery will be to remove a bone from his foot. Yeah, that happens sometimes. That's that's, that's, that's not super unusual. Yeah. So I had an idea spark when I heard that because, you know, when he's very fragile, he's had a very long injury history. 
what about the idea of just removing all of his bones? <laughs> just make him like Gumby, and then he's basically like you expedite the process of him being or doing the TB12 method, just being super like pliable. I like that. So here's the here's the problem with it. So like to be called down in the NFL, it's when your knee hits the ground. If you Ooh. remove his bones, he no longer has a knee and therefore cannot be downed. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but I don't know. I just, I feel like that's something that the Colts should at least explore. Like they traded one first round pick. No, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with guy. you. He's untackleable with no bones. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, because he can't be down. If his knee has to touch the ground, but he doesn't have a knee. Okay. Unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, the the whole point is they need to explore it. They've invested a lot in him. Just remove all of his bones. He can no longer break anything. Be ready to rock back in MVP form. I like that. Do you, do you have anything else on Carson Wentz? Uh, no, okay. other other than the fact that who they might trade for. I mean, as as University of Georgia guys, of course, we'd like to see Jacob Eason do well. But if if they traded for Wentz because they think they can contend this year, are they really going to roll with Eason? Probably not. Like Foles, probably not the guy. Got the familiarity with Frank Reich and his offense. Won the Super Bowl under Frank Reich. But Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota have been brought up. I kind of like those. I know you like those. Of course you like those. You're the biggest Gardner Minshew fan on the planet. Uh, well, did you see the other news about Gardner Minshew this week? No. Uh, took the first round reps over Trevor Lawrence. So... If he loses that QB battle in Jacksonville, then maybe he gets traded to Indy. That's fair. I actually did read today, for what it's worth, who cares, it's practice, but that Trevor Lawrence struggled a little bit, but that's going to happen. He's he's young. There's going to be a learning curve. I do have one other piece of NFL news that I want to bring up. Very happy news. Okay. What you got? Nick Chubb got paid. Let's go. Let's go. One of our favorite dogs of all time. I think most people that, that you talk to who are Georgia Bulldogs will say that Nick Chubb is probably one of their top three to five, if not their favorite dog of all time. He's just the man. I will always remember how good he was in college. And then when he got hurt against Tennessee, I was like, this sucks because he's so talented and he's never going to get paid because his knee is just going to be in shambles forever. Today is the day. It finally happened. Such a humble, nice guy and an incredible football player. Happy for you, Nick Chubb. Yeah. What did he get? Three years, 36? Three years, 36, which is really good for an NFL running back these days. Oh yeah. Big time. And you know, he's, he's like widely regarded as one of the best running backs, like potentially the best in the league. Oh, he's phenomenal. Like PFF and any yes. of any of those kind of analytics people love Nick Chubb. Yes. He has breakaway speed. He breaks more big runs than just about any back in the NFL other than maybe like Dalvin Cook. And he breaks tackles. He's super elusive in the open field. Guys can't bring him to the ground. He always has had great balance and strength. Like he's just a really really good back yeah i want to say like he and derrick henry are like maybe top two at mm-hmm. yards per carry after contact like I he know, never goes down with the first guy nick chubb i believe since he started as an nfl running back leads the nfl in yards per carry yeah he's just incredible he's really really good proud of the guy yep love it so one more piece of nfl news have you seen this whole thing with the bills no tell me about it so they want a new stadium and Ooh, Austin Bills. Yeah. yeah. And, and they want it to be like 100% funded by the public. And I guess New York and Cuomo are saying no. So they're making a very empty threat to move to Austin. And I just think it's hilarious to picture like nothing else about the franchise changing. Like they keep the name, the uniforms, <laughs> the players, the coaches, but they're just the Austin Bills. It just would, be so ridiculous. What would happen to Bills Mafia? They would lose their minds. There'd be riots everywhere. The, but New York would be burned to the ground. New if that York happened. as a whole city would be thrown through a table. Yes, exactly. Everything, everything, especially Cuomo. Yes, that would be just an absolute nightmare. You can't leave or uh, leave Bill's Mafia in the dust like that. So it's absolutely not going to happen. And I saw someone also bring up the fact that Jerry Jones would never allow this to happen. But anyway, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. The Austin Bills. 
That's interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. It'd be pretty sick though. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Let's do it. All right. Is that it? That's all I got for today. That's it. We got to get out of here because there's there's Olympic water polo on that we really need to watch right now. So thank you for tuning in once again. Follow us on Apple and Spotify. Leave us some ratings and reviews. We will catch you in probably two weeks because I'm going to be out of town next week. Let's do it. Let's do it. See you all in two weeks. Have a good one.